Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Well, hello again. This is Steve Wilson back with you uh, uh, looking through, going through the book of Matthew. We're in chapter 10. And as I'm looking at these verses, I, I really just want to try and get through the first four on this session, but I, I'm not sure that we will because even though it just names the apostles that uh, Christ called, there's really a whole lot more here than meets the eye. And uh, we could go a lot of directions with this. But, uh, you know, I'll try not to ramble. But I, there are some things that I think are important to touch on. I think we really need to uh, think about more. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. We'll see where we go. May have to break this up into two sessions. I'm not sure, but we'll find out. Um, okay, so beginning in verse 1, it says, When he had called unto him twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Then he gives the names. It says the names. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first Simon, who's called Peter. Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and uh, Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So those are the 12, the original 12. Of course, we know what happened to Judas, and then he was replaced by Matthias. Um, but those are the 12 that uh, Jesus called. Um, you know, the first thing I want to address here is that when, when he says, when he called unto him, the 12 disciples, you know, the Lord calls people for special tasks. In the Old Testament, he called Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Moses and Gideon and David and Isaiah, Elijah and so on. You know, and of course, you get into the New Testament, you have John the Baptist, you have Paul. You know, just, there's a whole list of uh, heroes of the faith, I guess you'd call them, because a lot of them get mentioned in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Which we look, talk about, you know, the Heroes Hall of Fame uh, there in that, that chapter. But, um, you know, these are, these are men that uh, God called to do special tasks and and, uh, the, the, you know, they have become men of renown based on the things that they did. But be sure that you know this. When we look at today, God is still in the calling business. Um, you know, his calling is to, is, is to call men into separation 
um, into service for God. Um, and while the Bible has already been canonized, you know, we're not adding anything to it anymore. Um, and certainly our names are not going to be mentioned in God's Word. The fact of the matter is, the same God who called these men to perform these tasks, in, in spite of what it looks like around the world today, He is still calling people to do tasks that are equally as important and equally as massive um, and equally as necessary in order to uh, to deal with what we have to face today. You know, we, we complain about our situation, and, you know, you, you can debate over whether it's any better or any worse than it ever was, and you probably get nowhere with that because it's really hard to compare. But <clears throat> let's just, for the sake of argument, assume it's worse. Well, the fact is, if it's worse, wouldn't that make God more active in his calling of servants to do his bidding and to deal with the situations that are there to be dealt with? Isn't it every bit as critical today, if not more so? As we near the end times, you know, the Bible talks about how men drift away from the things of God. And I think we would all agree that, that, that when we get to those last days, and many of us believe that we're in them, it's probably going to be worse. They're at, least, at least equally as bad. So, you know, that, that makes the day just at least as important, if not more so. And, and that would make God even more active in, in, in singling out individuals to do the things that are necessary to be done. So, you know, we could, we, we're, he's still calling Johns and Pauls and Enoch's and Noah's and Elijah's and, and, and so on today. They're just doing contemporary tasks. That's the only difference. So we need to understand that, that, that when we're called to be separated into his service, we're on the same level as these men. And when you study their lives, you find out that their lives are just like ours. And they went through a lot of the same things we go through now. Secondly, when he calls people to a specific task, he gives them power. I always like to look back at Moses. When, when God called Moses, Moses objected to being called to go and free the Israelites from Egypt. You know, and his excuse was, I'm... You know, my, my my I'm not a good speaker. You know, I'm not eloquent. I, you want me to go convince Pharaoh, the most powerful individual in the world, to give up all these slaves? I mean, look at look at the economic uh, impact that that would have on Egypt. There's no way he's going to do that. I can't convince him to do that. God says, "Tell you what, your brother's good at that, Aaron. You know, we'll just send him." So he he took away his excuse, but of course when when Moses appeared before Pharaoh, who did before Pharaoh, who did the talking? It was Moses. Uh, my point is that when God calls you to do something, He doesn't make mistakes. He's going to empower you to do it, or He's already given you the power. It's just unrealized. So He's going to equip um, His disciples with the ability to do that, you know, whatever it is, you know, just he gave the disciples special power for this, their task. His promise today for special power to accomplish a task 
today is it's still there. Um, I, I want you to notice something in verses 1 and 2. There's a difference as to how he referred to these 12. It says, you know, in verse 1, and when he had called on him his 12 disciples, but then in verse 2 it says, now the names of the 12 apostles are these. And of course, you know, <coughs> pardon me, <clears throat> all my life I've heard them referred to as the 12 disciples and the 12 apostles. And I thought, okay, well, which are they? Well, they're, they're both, but but there is a distinct difference between those two terms because the term disciple means learner. So when he first called them, he called them to teach them and to train them and to bring them up to prepare them for the service that he had already outlined for them. And and how many times do you see in Scripture where he, he took his those 12 and he called them away separate from the rest? and gave them special instructions, gave them special power. Like he says here, he says, and he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and manner of disease. So when, when, <clears throat> when God calls someone to serve him, we first of all are learners. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're taught to do what it is we are to do. And, you know, I mean, preachers go to college and Bible college and different things. And, of course, they search out opportunities to, to become speakers and, and that kind of thing because they have that passion. That, that's the learning process. That's the preparation process. But then in verse 2, when he calls them apostles, apostles mean sent ones. So they first were learners, and then they were sent to do a job. They were, they were sent forth to proclaim the, uh, the gospel. Well, isn't that what we're called to do? You know, we're, we're called to go out and proclaim the gospel in whatever fashion it is. And, it, it, you know, it differs from person to person. You know, maybe you're a preacher or a missionary or maybe you're a gospel singer. Um, I have a cousin who, who is a full-time missionary. He's, he's a... Uh, a mission builder. He goes out and helps build churches and do repairs and remodels and things like that. And while he's there, he shares the gospel and they have services and different stuff like that. But he uses that as an inroad. So, you know, God calls us and prepares us to use whatever gift he's given us. And there's a whole list of gifts. We've been studying that through that on Wednesday night at our church. And, you know, it's it's really interesting the things you learn when you actually take time to look at what gifts really are and, and how you get them and so on but you know my point is God still calls today and he still trains and he still sends and I think it's critical that um, you know today maybe even more so than it ever was that, that, that God is still in the calling business it's never changed. He doesn't change. And none of this catches him by surprise. He knows what's going on. And notice also these men who were called were called from all different walks of life. You know, carpenters, tax collectors, um, fishermen, and, and whatever. There were a number of different occupations involved with some of these. Of course, even... Paul, you know, when, when God separated him and called him to do his work, you know, Paul was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a, he was a very politically powerful individual, and 
of course, in, in those days in Israel, the, the religious and the political were pretty much one and the same. And Paul was a part of that uh, swamp, <laughs> to use a current term. But he was converted. He, you know, he was met by God and called, and and things changed. Um, just think how wonderful it, it is that God would call us into his service today to be part of his family and to be part of, of, of his apostleship. Now, the apostle, term apostle in an official capacity doesn't really apply today, but the concept is still present and still viable. Um, you know, God still calls us to do his work, and, and we're at the same level that these, these apostles were back in, uh, when Jesus walked the earth. Notice he gave them power, it says, against unclean spirits. It talks about casting out all manner of sickness and disease. And, of course, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to get into this whole healing ministry thing, but I do believe God heals. But I believe it has a purpose, and I think that purpose um, defines how it's really supposed to be used and how it uh, exposes the falsehoods that you see in so many so-called healers. Today, I mean, uh, the purpose is threefold. It, it's going to show that Jesus is a compassionate Savior. He cares. But, you know, he cares about people. He cares about us where we are and in what we face in this life. You know, and he shows that in the second part that he might meet all of our needs. Not just spiritual, but physical, too. I mean, we have physical needs, and oftentimes, I mean, a person who's starving to death, it's hard to share the gospel with someone who's starving to death until you feed them first and get them into a physical state where they're able to comprehend and receive, because if you're physically incapacitated, that's going to affect your thought processes and the way, you know, the, the way things process through your mind and so on, because... It's hard to concentrate on anything when you're starving to death. So, you know, there, there are physical needs that need to be met um, in life in order for the gospel to become effective. Um, so he wants to meet our physical and our spiritual need, and, and that's what he's doing with these people. And, um, and thirdly, you know, he, he uses, uh, you know, what he does to fulfill prophecy, uh, Allow us to see what's the things that are still to come. Allow us to understand the gospel to you know to show to us that He has the ability to change our lives. You know, not only physically but spiritually. And so, you know, these 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 physical healing situations that you see on TV are very very one dimensional. Um, they don't really accomplish what what they're supposed to accomplish because in spite of the fact that many of these healers will claim, oh, all glory to God, and it's all of God, they're the center of attention. And they're the ones people want to come and see. They're the ones that are asking for the money and, and, you know, becoming wealthy off of what we give. Uh, but the purpose really is to point to Christ and to show what Christ wants to do. So, folks, you know, we need to be aware that wherever you are, you know, 
whatever you're doing, none of this makes any difference. The time makes no difference. Your occupation makes, your, your status in life makes no difference. Your ability makes no difference. The only thing that makes a difference is if you recognize the fact that God is calling you into some type of ministry. And I believe God calls all of us into some type of ministry. So be aware of that. Be ready for that. But most of all, be receptive to that. Um, that's the end of today's session. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you next time.